We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Week one is finally upon us. Nick Whalen and I are going to break down each game. We're going to look at the odds. We're going to look at the significant fantasy news of each. Maybe have a nugget or two from our various drafts here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Monday. It's finally here. Week zero is done. Week one is upon us. We're going to do a Monday podcast every during the day. We're going to do Sirius XM Fantasy at night. New time slot there for Nick and I is going to be 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's for Rotowire Monday through Friday. So the whole Rotowire crew, Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. That's 5 o'clock best coast. Uh, we'll be out here doing that. So a little uh, supper time, maybe drive home if you're on the West Coast there. Uh, if you're in Hawaii, uh, it's, it's it's beer time every time there. So uh, we'll be talking about uh, the week one matchups. We'll be uh, this week. We're going to talk about some of our uh, last drafts that we did and some of the plays and pans. So, Nick, good weekend. You were up in the cabin. I did a draft in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We're ready to get at it now. How are you doing? Yeah, we, we had completely opposite weekends, I think. I was yeah. in the, the north woods of Wisconsin. You were out in Vegas for the second straight weekend. Uh, making it a little bit of a habit out there at Circa. But I know you were able to sign up for Circa Survivor. You did a draft out there. Uh, we'll get into all that uh, on the XM show, like you said. But yep. huge week ahead. I, I have one of my home league drafts tonight. Uh, that'll be ongoing, likely during the XM show. Oh, wow. Finishing that one up. So, yeah, I mean, hold on to your seats. That's going to be a wild one. Uh, I have my NFFC beat Nick Whalen League on Tuesday night. Uh, and then another home league draft that night as well. I, I know you still have a few more to get through uh, before everything kicks off on Thursday night. I pawned one of my leagues off, actually. Oh, really? It was going to be Tuesday. I figure it would have been bad form for both of us to have drafts ongoing during the Sirius <laughs> XM draft. So yeah. I was able to get rid of that there. Uh, so, yeah, um, I am. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, doing you know the new slot and we're going to have some live look ins and things of that nature, too. But let's get it right on with this week. Let's go. We're going to go game by game, folks. We're going to use BetMGM odds. But you have multiple odds you can look at here on Rotowire. If you go to rotowire.com slash try, get a free 10-day trial. Or free trial, excuse me. used to be 10 days. It's not anymore. But free trial, no credit card required. And with that, you go to our gaming. If you go to football and you go to our sports betting tab, you can see all the week one lines, multiple sports books. Uh, you can find your best odds. You can find implied odds, totals. You name it there. A lot of things, and it's really important to shop around and get your better odds if you can. If there's any sort of variance, 
and you've got a strong feel, go get your best, best odds and best. And in many cases, maybe a best price. Also, I think that's important to shop around for that too. So um, let's look Thursday night, bills, Rams, defending Super Bowl champ. Nick is a home underdog. Really? They, that's what we're seeing. MGM, that's what we're seeing everywhere. Yeah, right. It's not just BetMGM with this line. And this is, you know, these lines have been out for a while. Uh, NFL week one, those are always in high demand. So essentially, as soon as that schedule came out, we had this line. In, and this is one of the games that immediately jumped out. Um, you know, it, the Bills obviously closed last season, despite not winning the Super Bowl like the Rams. I felt like they closed the season with a ton of momentum. Uh, you know, they loaded up, added some big names in the offseason. But at the same time, so did the Rams. So th- this, this line is, it's a little strange. That's for sure. Um, you know, I think it could easily be Rams minus two and a half and nobody would really bat an eyelash, but yeah. uh, maybe some, some trepidation about Matthew Stafford's elbow. Although, like I said, this line has been out for a while. It's not like it shifted to Bills minus two and a half as soon as we started hearing these Stafford elbow concerns. It's, it's been right. pretty consistently at this point for a while. So if anything else, I think it's just a vote of confidence by the odds makers in favor of the Buffalo Bills. And they are one of 10 road favorites in this week one, a super, super unique week one. If, if you're playing it survivor, is. if you're playing pick and pools, it's, it's really tough. You know, I was, I was setting my confidence pool picks last night, you know, kind of doing my initial pass and like my, my six most confident picks are all road teams. I, I rarely, rarely try to do that, but it's one of those weeks you, you almost have to. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. So let's look at some of the individual storylines for, so as we said, it's uh, the uh, bills are a road favorite minus two and a half. Uh, the total in this game is pretty high, 52 and a half. Yeah. Uh, implied, uh, implied total is 27 and a half to 25. Uh, in money line, the Bills are minus 139, Rams plus 115. Uh, I think there's some, you know, we talked about that. Let's talk about some of the individual storylines, starting with the Bills. Uh, no Tredavious White. Uh, he's on the, they, they took that down to the wire, like they said they were going to, but he's on the, the uh, pup list for the first four games. So that that's, at least four games for him, by the way. So people are drafting the Buffalo defense early, and you had to get him early if you were going to take him in a draft. Not only do you face the Rams in week one, but you face the Rams without Tredavious White. I, I do, I'd be a little uncomfortable with that. Jordan Poyer looks like he will play. Uh, that's their you know starting safety. He's got an elbow issue, uh, but he shed his non-contact uh, jersey. So we're, we're some positive news as far as that goes. Isaiah McKenzie, he was a guy that was a very trendy guy late, you know, in, in training camp early in the preseason. You know, a lot of people are saying he's mm-hmm. going to start ahead of uh, Jamison Crowder in the in the slot, and that matters in Buffalo. The third receiver matters there. Uh, he says he's going to play. He's been, you know, nicked up. They still haven't listed the official cause for him, uh, but they'll they'll have to starting, I believe, today later today on Monday here. Uh, because of the you know the, the way the schedule goes for the NFL injury report, we'll we'll have a better idea on this one pretty soon. Yeah, still some some names, you know, like you said, that are uh, up in the air at this point. Although I think, you know, with Trey White, not really a surprise. It felt like it was heading this way for a while, especially given the timing of that injury. And on the mm-hmm. other side, Matthew Stafford claims he's fine. You know, there was a report over the right. weekend that this is something that he's expecting to have to manage throughout the season. You don't love hearing that. I mean, that's essentially him saying, like, yeah, it's probably not going to get better. I'm going to have to fight through it. Uh, but, you know, it, it's something that he battled the, the latter part of last season and obviously – uh, what was just fine, uh, especially when it mattered most in the postseason. So, you know, it makes right. you maybe think twice about someone like Allen Robinson. Um, you know, it maybe it adds a little more credence to the belief that Cooper Cup won't be able to repeat what he did last season. But 
Yeah, I'm with you. It's not enough for me to definitively say, oh, yeah, the Bills are going to go on the road here and, and smash the Rams. Um, you know, it, maybe the Rams don't have the greatest home field advantage, but I, I still don't feel like that's the biggest factor in this line. I, I think it's just, you know, we, we also have to keep in mind, you know, they're trying to get even action on both sides. The Bills are the Super Bowl favorites. They continue to be bet down. I think they're at plus 550 now at BetMGM. That's an improvement just in the last couple of weeks. So there's a lot of people piling on this Bills team, and, and that's a part of the reason, you know, that they're pretty pretty significant favorites given the, the fact that they're on the road here. But I'm with you. I, I think we're going to get a really close game. Sometimes these opening games, you, know, you never really know what to expect. Yeah, that's right. Uh, interesting uh, player prop. Devin Singletary versus Cam Akers. You know, you're drafting Akers before Singletary in every draft almost. Although I, I've seen over the weekend, Akers uh, stock is draft uh, dropping in some of the NFFC leagues and some other places. Uh, but, and two of the three sports books that list them on, on Rotowire, Singletary's rushing receiving yards prop is 67 and a half. Akers is 61 and a half. Not a lot of confidence in Akers, who's missed a lot of time in, in training camp and practice due to soft tissue issues. Uh, mm-hmm. However, he did return to practice last week. Yeah, these, these running back situations are, are eerily similar, I feel like, right? I mean, you have guys in, in Singletary and Akers who, who are the number one guys and, and you know, are right. listed as the number one guys, but you don't really feel like they, they have that job uh, overly securely. You know, in, in Buffalo, you have James Cook. You, you still have Zach Moss, who this time last year, uh, everybody loved and, and thought was going to have a bigger role. Uh, and then, of course, you know, with, with the Rams, um, you know, we've, we've talked at length about the, the Akers versus Henderson pairing and how the, the ADP just doesn't really match up with, with how close no. that workload I think projects to be, especially early on. So, you know, for me, I, I would be tempted if, if it's kind of a head to head prop, I, I think I would almost I would lean Singletary. I just, I, I just don't trust that we're going to see Cam Akers get like 80% of the carries. I think, especially early in the season, this could be close to a 50, 50 split. Um, now, you know, you could get Cam Akers like minus 135 to score a touchdown at any point in this game. I don't have a problem with that. You can get Singletary at plus 105 to score at any point in this game. You can get Gabe Davis at plus 150 to score at any time. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are those are maybe where I would target, you know, if I'm looking at player props. Yeah. By the way, Henderson's got a higher rushing receiving total prop than both of those backs. He's at 69 mm-hmm. and a half. Uh, I got Henderson in the uh, in the NFFC primetime draft. Uh, he was it was kind of a late ad for me. Uh, and, and by, by design, I was going late on my second running back. So I went Penny in the eighth, Henderson in the ninth, Michael Carter in the 10th. You know, I tried to hit it with some volume there after waiting to get my, my second running back. I got Chubb in the third. So I have one, uh, known starter, but so I'll, you know, Penny, I, I'm going to start early on in the season because I don't think we're yeah. going to see Walker for at least a couple of weeks, but, uh, Henderson, you know, he, he's startable in a pinch. I don't love the matchup against Buffalo, but. It's a possibility. Just just keep that in mind that he's out there. Yeah. No, I, I mean you don't feel great if he's your second running back, but if he's if he's your third back, if he's if you have to throw him out there in a flex situation, I don't think you're in terrible shape. No, I I think, you know, and looking at the rest of your roster, you know, you have Michael Carter, you have Alexander Madison, uh, you have Jeff Wilson. So you're gonna have some options. I mean, it, it might it might be one of those things where it's it's you have to kind of choose one of that group each week and it's gonna be frustrating yeah. if you if you choose the wrong one. But no, I'm with you. I mean the as we've said over and over and over, like I would much, much rather have Henderson at his ADP than Akers at his ADP. To me, it's just not. Cool. Absolutely. Ben, we're in lockstep on that one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting Stafford, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I, I think Stafford, he rises I mean, to a top 12 quarterback this week. Yeah. I, I don't think there's an issue there. I mean, obviously, you're going up against what projects to be a good defense. But like you said, no Trey White. Um, you know, super productive last season. Two great receivers uh, in Cup and Robinson. 
Uh, so I, I think with Stafford, you know, you're, you're keeping the elbow issue in the back of your mind, but uh, until, until he proves on the field that it's, it's affecting his performance. I, I think you start him with confidence to begin the season. Yeah. I think Higby's a, a 50, you know, I, I think he's uh if you waited on tight ends, maybe I don't really love the match. Probably find a better option this week. Uh, yeah. Dawson Knox, you're starting Davis. You're starting. I, you know, I'm not even going to mention the obvious guys, but yeah, I would uh, start Stefan Diggs. I was going to put it out there. I yeah. Okay. 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 Same with cup. <laughs> I would, yeah. Start, start Cooper cup. If there's one thing you take away from this podcast, right. put him in the right. lineup. Yes. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Cause there's a lot more games we have to cover. Yeah, there sure are. Um, Saints Falcons. Let's go with them next line on this one. is This is one of the, another one of the 10 road favorites. The saints are a five and a half point favorite on the road against Atlanta a divisional foe total in this game is 42 and a half. This is a massive uh, vote of no confidence like on this Atlanta yeah. offense and Marcus Mariota. Uh, what say you about this matchup? Well, I, I like the Saints here. Um, it, you know, this is a team that started fast last season. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we know what the changes are here. Starts at the top uh, with Sean Payton. But, you know, I, I, I'm pretty down on the Falcons. I, I don't think that's a take by any means. They're right down there when you look at, you know, teams with the longest odds to win the Super Bowl, teams with the best odds to finish with the worst record. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought, you know, they, they actually put together some, some pretty exciting drives during the preseason. A lot of those with Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, they were, they were a, a much more fun-looking team than some of the other uh, bad teams that we saw struggle during the preseason. But for one, we don't, we don't even know if Drake London's going to be out there. Right. I mean, really no, no practice for Drake London in almost a month. Uh, he played, he got injured in that first preseason game. Uh, that's a big factor. I mean, if he's not out there, it's basically Kyle Pitts and a bunch of no names at the skill positions. I, I think the Saints defense is going to be really, really good. Again, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that the offense is going to look a lot better than it did last year when they were basically using a third string quarterback for over half of the season. So I, I like the Saints on the road here. Um, the totals are is really interesting. I mean, it's it's the second lowest total on the entire board. There are two games that are at 41 and a half. That's 49ers, Bears, uh, and Browns, Panthers. You can understand uh, why those yes. lines are, are also low. But yeah, I think you're right. This, this to me, that 42 and a half, it's, it's more about, um, you know, lower expectations for this Falcons offense. Because, you know, look back to last year, the Saints, I want to say, put up 38 in week one against that, that Green Bay Packers team. Um, and I, I think there's a lot to like about the New Orleans offense with, with Michael Thomas back in the mix, with Chris Olave added to, to that receiving core. Alvin Kamara is back. I, I think the Saints take care of business here. I think you're probably right about that. Uh, I might have to consider them as a possibility in Survivor. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm i actually leaning more and more to one of the road favorites uh, this week. Uh, I, I'm going to – it'll it'll shock you who I'm pivoting away from, but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, note on Drake London, he was present at Monday's practice, according to Michael okay. Rossi, and that just came out. Uh, so – we don't know what his level of participation was. However, he was spotted, uh, not like yeah. a leopard. He was seen. Uh, so th- that's good. Um, on the Saints side, we've got some uh, definite question marks too. Michael Thomas being the big one, obviously. Uh, all signs lately point to him being able to play for week one. Uh, but he's been managing a hamstring injury. Uh, he's missed He missed two weeks of practice, and that is after missing the last two seasons with that ankle. And kind of go on the roller coaster of the I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Oh, he's starting training camp on the pup list. Oh, now he's breaking guys down to the moon, you know. And then now he has a lingering hamstring injury. We didn't see anything out of him in the preseason because of that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't end up with Michael Thomas anywhere. Um, so I don't have to make that hard decision. Uh, if you have him, 
I mean, if he's fully practicing this week, you're going to start him. If he's a questionable going in and getting limited practice, that's where that sweet spot is. And I think that's going to be a really, really tough call. Yeah, I, I have not ended up with him yet either, although I, I still have a handful of drafts this week, so it's possible um, you know, maybe he does fall to me at some point. But it's yeah, it's just it's a situation that you know I, I'm willing to acknowledge you know, there's a world in which he's a top, probably top 20 receiver. I, I don't think there's a world in which he's like a back to a top five fantasy receiver. I, I think there's just you know too much time has passed. There's too much injury concern. There's too much talent around him at that position that I don't think that's realistic. So I haven't viewed it as a situation where if I don't get any of him, I, I feel like I'm going to be missing out. Um, I, I kind of see it as like, I just don't want to assume that risk necessarily. Right. Um, but you know, for week one, especially it's, it's going to be interesting to see if, do they make a point to get him involved? You know, I, I don't think he's going to come out and have a huge week one, but is it like, all right, let's, let's get him kind of reacclimated. Let's get him a couple quick slants early on, get him back involved in the offense you could kind of see that being the case. But, um, you know, I mean, if he's, if you drafted him, like, especially the last couple of weeks, he's, you have to pay up enough that you are certainly considering starting him. I, I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's something that I've just tried to avoid the issue. And there's enough talent at receiver that I haven't really, it hasn't really crossed my mind even in any drafts where I'm like just about to take Michael Thomas and then go in another direction. Like there's, there's so many other players in his tier who I like that I, I've just avoided the situation altogether. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you on that. Uh, running back situation. Alvin Kamara looks increasingly unlikely that he's going to face any discipline from the NFL this season. Starting to go in the first round in the uh, NFFC primetime, although in my particular one, he went like 16th overall, which I think is kind of gross. Uh, the guy was able to pair Barkley and Kamara together. Uh, that, 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 that's all variance, but it's all upside, too. He could have the one-two players at 9 and 16, yeah. which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm picking 8th. In my draft on Tuesday, um, I would be <laughs> I would be thrilled if he's there in round two. Um, but I mean, at this point, he's he's even worked his way into like the consideration zone for round one. I know mm -hmm. his min pick over the last week is eight in NFFC contests. I, I think I would probably lean elsewhere uh, at that spot. But um, you know, as as we kind of move further and further away from talking about the the potential legal ramifications, uh, you know, we've continued to see his ADP climb and climb week over week. I I mean I. Over the last week, he's going like two spots behind DeAndre Swift. I, I think I would still I prefer Kamara there. I, I would prefer him to Barkley, uh, given the the injury risk. Although you know, I acknowledge that there there is plenty of upside with Barkley. Kamara versus Mixon, Kamara versus Najee Harris. Those, those are tough calls. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are very d difficult calls there. So, uh, and then you know, receiver wise, do you start my guy Chris Olave in Week One? I mean, is he a receiver four, receiver three, receiver five? I mean, that that that's a tricky call there. I mean, this is a great matchup against Atlanta. You want this matchup. You need this matchup. Yeah. Well, but I mean, do you have the courage at, to start him in week one? It, it Obviously, it depends on your build. But looking at the draft that you were in recently, you know, that that NFFC draft that you mentioned where you picked third, um, you know, Alave went as the wide receiver, too, for the team just before you. You know, it was Mike Williams uh, and then Alave and then Claypool and Boyd. So it, in that yeah. situation, you know, you're, you're maybe you're choosing, uh, what, probably two of Alave, Claypool, Boyd. I mean, I, I think you, I think you're comfortable going to lobby against this Atlanta team, right? I, mean, I would just say that I, that's an unusual build for a team. Yes. Um. I, yeah, I, I would not have drafted that way. Right. Well, uh, part of that is they grab Mark Andrews, you know, in round two, and, and that obviously sets you back a little bit at receiver. Well, and Josh Jacobs in round five. I think that was a mistake. Yeah, well, I don't, but, yeah luckily, um, luckily you've cut off the names from this draft, so we, we can't air out whoever made that. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, I mean, in round five. I could be wrong. I could be 100% wrong, but I, I, I don't like that build. 
Uh, and he also added Landry. Uh, you, you don't need to have Olave and Landry. You find you try to diversify a little bit, I think. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, any other takes from this matchup before we move on? Because we're it's a lot of lot of oxygen on these two teams. Oh yeah, we're we're way behind schedule. I think we talked yesterday. We're like, yeah, let's try to do maybe three minutes on each game. We're, we're averaging like eleven minutes per game uh, at this point. But it's week one, man. I, I'm excited. I, I'm like every single right. one of these games. I'm pumped to watch and. Um, you know, I mean, with Atlanta, it's just like, hopefully Kyle Pitts has a good game and I don't feel bad for him being on this terrible team. Yeah. I hear you on that. Um, saints will be without Trevor Penning, their first round tackle yep. until probably till November. They, they're not willing to concede that he's out for the year yet. Let's move on. Uh, Colts Texans Colts are eight and a half point road favorite. Probably Ooh, the big, I think they're the biggest favorite on the board now. Um, sure if you're are. trying to avoid the crowd and survivor, this is it. Uh, the, the, you know, and honestly, the Colts, what have they done to justify being such a big road favorite? I, mean, I understand the Texans roster is pretty stinky, but yeah. when we last saw the Colts, they were getting eliminated from the playoffs by the mighty Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they have a history of kind of laying an egg in week one. They've got a new quarterback. They do. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's an interesting thing. Um, they The total in this game is 45 and a half. Implied to, uh, final in this one was 27 mm-hmm. to 18 and a half. Uh, let's look at the Colts storylines first. Uh, everybody loves Michael Pittman. Uh, he's climbing in the second round in the NFF, NFFC prime times comfortably. So I think when I started ranking him, I had him around 40 and, you know, I was roundly and probably just justly chastised for having him so low, but, uh, he, I mean, he he is one we've talked about him. He's an Island. He's going to draw a ton of targets. Yeah. I mean, wide receiver nine in the last week. And NFFC contest. So it looks like he went about wide receiver 11 in your draft. But I mean, at this point, totally justifiable to take him ahead of guys like Keenan Allen, T Higgins, um, you know, AJ Brown. Uh, he's kind of in that even Mike Evans is, is going, uh, you know, four spots behind him in NFFC contest. So yeah, a ton of helium there. I, I think a lot of it is, you know, there, there's a considerable optimism with Matt Ryan, uh, even at this point in his career. Uh, it just feels like he, He's, he's the, exact, the exact type of quarterback that they need, like, you know, personality wise, I guess, after Carson Wentz, you know, with, with a lot of the things that went wrong with Carson Wentz were kind of between the years type of things. And, and I, right. I think there's a, a belief that Matt Ryan kind of solves all of those issues, even if, you know, talent wise at this point in his career, he's not where he was, you know, back in 2015 or, or 2016. But I, I think the, there's just there's just so much more stability at the position now that, like you said, they're the biggest favorite on the board, eight and a half on the road. A big part of that, of course, is this Houston team. Just a, not a lot of belief that they're going to be able to do a whole lot. But eight and a half, man, that, that's a lot for a Colts team that, like you said, has struggled historically in week one. And, I mean, I, I think the Colts are, you know, they'll probably win the division. They're the favorites to win the division. I, I think they have a really high floor week to week. But this is not this is not like an ultra, ultra talented team that's going to, you know, that you feel like is going to come out and just blow out bad teams every single week. So to me, I am surprised that like the Ravens aren't bigger favorites over the jets or even the 49ers right. over the bears. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, a couple other things on the Colts, Shaquille Leonard, uh, looks like he might be able to play. Uh, mm-hmm. he was going to be one of those guys who was on the pup list. Most of the training camp got activated, you know, to tackle, you know, tackling linebacker extraordinary. He's one of the, the better IDPs yeah. out there. Obviously, having him handy available would be huge for them. Uh, on that, otherwise, it's been a pretty quiet injury spring for the Colts, at least in yeah. terms of the players that we kind of hone in on a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, 
I want to see a little bit of the wide receivers too. battle between Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, whether Mo Ali Cox is actually the number two target. Naeem Hines, maybe they throw to their backs more often. This is one of those kind of like we talk about the Packers and who's going to get those targets. The Colts are definitely one of those teams, too, because it's got to be someone besides Pittman that gets targets. Yeah, and that's a big part of the reason that Pittman continues to be driven up draft boards, too, is there's just seemingly mm-hmm. no competition behind right. him. I mean, it's Paris Campbell, who is on the first team all, I like the idea of this guy team, but has had almost no production. <laughs> He's been extremely injured. I mean, Pierce is probably in that category as well. We just, we don't really know. Um, but again, I, I think Matt Ryan brings a really high floor to this team. And ultimately I would take the Colts to cover eight and a half. I just, I don't would think you? it's going right. to be one of those games where they're up 21, nothing midway through the second quarter. And it's just a breeze. Like I, I think, I think there's, I mean, we saw the Texans come out, granted it was the Jaguars in week one last year, but they put they put the smackdown on a Jaguars team that at the time people thought was going to be pretty good under Urban Meyer, and obviously that completely yeah. unraveled within a matter of weeks. But that was a, a somewhat major upset at the time, um, and you know I, I think the Colts are are not the type of team like last year's Jags who are going to get jumped like that in week one. But I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if if Houston's able to hang around in this game for two or three quarters. Yeah, uh, I agree. And Matt Ryan, can, is he going to throw downfield? It seemed like that was some a thing that kind of started to go away last year in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Some of that might have been because the offensive line was so bad. And that now presumably have a much better offensive line. Houston, I mean, Damian Pierce has a lot of oxygen. Ink has been spilled over him. Uh, he's a guy that he's had. He's the biggest gainer from training camp and preseason. From the strictly from the preseason, even you could say. I mean, there was some training camp buzz too, and you know, there's there's going to be lots of people out there that said they told you beforehand, and they might have. Um, I didn't. Uh, I'll be I'll be honest on that. I mean, I knew who I knew that he had some potential, but I thought Houston might still do the veteran shaming thing, and I still don't know what's going to happen on third down. But he's he's regularly a fixture in the fifth and sixth rounds in drafts now. Yeah, I mean, we he did everything he could, I think, in the preseason to to justify that. And yeah, like you said, I'm trying to find what his updated. He's RB 22 now over the last week um, in in NFFC, and he's going inside the top 60. I mean, it's it's a, a pretty stunning ascension, honestly. And it feels like for fantasy purposes, like that's really the the only thing that everybody's monitoring for the Texans. Like I myself, uh, given my investment in Nico Collins in a few leagues, I'll, I'll be keeping a close eye there. Probably won't end up starting him anywhere. This week, uh, unless you know, I'm, I'm really uh, hard up at receiver in, in certain leagues. But um, other than that, you know, I think I think we kind of expect Brandon Cooks to be Brandon Cooks. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye, of course, on, on Davis Mills. But um, you know, it's, it's going to be all on Damian Pierce now to, to kind of live up to this pre-draft hype. Like he has become, if you had to pick one guy, one riser throughout draft season, I mean, it's him pretty clearly at this point. So you're drafting in the beat Nick Whalen draft tomorrow night. You're drafting from the eight slot. Let's say it's the fifth round, and you remember it's third round reversal, so you're picking up 5.5 here. You only have one running back. Now, I know that's not often how you draft, but just stipulate Mm -hmm. for that for these purposes. Are you pulling the trigger on Damian Pierce there in, like, early 50s? Because presuming that you probably won't get him in the sixth. Right, right. Well, I'm I'm seeing he he went at uh, with the eighth pick in the sixth round in your draft. So I know he did. That that happens. I'm I'm praying that that happens to me. But I'm I'm kind of trying to look at like okay, who would I who would I take over him of that group? I mean, if it's between him and AJ Dillon, I would still take AJ Dillon. I would. Uh, I think uh, I I owe it to to myself at this point, given how much I've hyped him up. But Pierce versus Acres, I'm taking Pierce. Pierce versus Brees Hall, I'm taking Pierce. Pierce versus Josh Jacobs, I'm definitely taking Pierce. Pierce versus Montgomery is, is a little interesting, but I honestly, I think I'd lead Pierce at this point. So 
uh, you know, of course it depends how the draft board breaks, but I, I would be comfortable with that. You know, I wouldn't feel like I'm getting like the value of the year uh, taking him in the fifth round, but no, I mean, if, if I need a second running back and it's between him and all those guys I named other than AJ Dillon, yeah, I'm taking Pierce. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm more in, you know, intrigued to see if any of the ones after him, at least in my draft, Edwards, Allaire, Dobbins, Chase Edmonds, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson, any of those guys interest you more than Pierce? I still remain interested in Edwards Allaire. Um, I, I don't, I don't think he has a, a sky high ceiling, but I, I think if he stays healthy, there's going to be a really nice floor there. I'd prefer him to, to most of those other guys that I named. Like, for example, I would take him over Jacobs, um, you know, kind of, kind of wild that Jacobs went so far ahead of him more than a full round uh, in your draft Dobbins. I like, I mean, it, it just seems like the Ravens are really trying to temper expectations for Dobbins early on. Um, so I, I think, I think you might have to, you might have to kind of suffer through some, some, tough weeks early on but i think if you if you can justify holding him um you have another option for the first two three weeks of the year i, I think there's some pretty high upside as the year goes along with jk dobbins yeah i think so i think so too uh very interesting to see that's roster that's to me it's almost a roster construction issue uh yep. and you know and draft pick allocation all right before we uh move on uh we're gonna do a plug in a quick note from our blue wire sponsors here we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Nick Whalen and I are going to go through every game here. We are flying through three games so far. Okay, we need to step it up. We keep saying that, but it might be an unusual podcast. <laughs> I might, I might have to podcast. set a timer here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead to the Sunday night game because we do have a question in the chat. I want to go ahead and hit this here. Okay. No one asks, comfortable starting. I like that. I hope that's a replacements reference, by the way. Um, comfortable starting uh, Pollard in the flex week one in a full PP, PPR league. Uh, I mean, if you look at where the, the draft value in Pollard is, I mean, it's typically – you know, where, where does he typically go? I'd say uh, he's round. He went immediately after I took Rashad Penny. So he, for some teams, he is an RB2. Others, he's an RB3. He's, he's borderline flex. I hate the matchup against Tampa Bay, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to assume that they're still impossible to run against until proven otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I would, if the question is, is he startable? It's like, yes, I, I wouldn't feel great about it, but it's not, you know, it's not like a laughable starter depending on your on your construction um and right. you know the league that that we that we're going to keep referencing your draft like you said he went as the third running back on that team that has McCaffrey and ETN so obviously those guys are, are locked in as your two backs and you know you're, you're choosing you know in, in this particular build you're probably starting Tony Pollard at flex uh because you know DeAndre Hopkins is technically your your fourth receiver and obviously he's not eligible um I wouldn't feel terrible about it I mean you know, you're, you're probably not expecting anything great. I think you're, you're more worried about that Buccaneers defense, but um, I, I think it's justifiable. I, I think you're, you're more excited about the possibility of, of what he could do catching the ball out of the backfield. Exactly. That line in that game is Bucks, another road favorite, minus one and a half against the Cowboys, who just had a, just a nuclear bad uh, tra- training camp in preseason, maybe even offseason, uh, if, if, depending on who, who you ask on that. Trade away Amari Cooper. They lost Tyron Smith, uh, possibly for the year. They did not replace Tyron Smith from the outside. Tyler Smith is now the uh, uh, now the starter at left tackle, and he's adjusting to left tackle against a team with a really good pass rush. What could possibly go wrong? Michael Gallup's not going to practice or play this week. We know that. It's not the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones said if it's the Super Bowl, he'd play, but uh, it's not the Super Bowl. Yeah, I love that quote from, from Jerry Jones, but – um, yeah, I mean, this, this Cowboys offensive line is, is going to be patchworked early on. I mean, they, they signed Jason Peters over the weekend. Uh, we'll see mm-hmm. how long it takes for him to get up to speed. He's on the practice squad right now. Uh, he is also 40 years old, Jeff. So much more of a name, uh, than a, than an effective player at this point, you would think, but it is Jason Peters. I mean, he, he was still very much effective into his late thirties. Yep. So we'll see. Um, obviously they were comfortable with what they saw in, in, in private workouts, but, uh, you know, at best, you're, you're probably hoping, you know, for a 40 year old, if he could just give you average play at, at the position, you're, you're okay with that. But, um, that Cowboys offensive line, I think probably in, in the worst shape that it's been really in the Dak Zeke era. Yeah. This game is the offensive line discussion game. Uh, because we obviously have massive chaos on the uh, Buck side of things. Uh, Ryan Jensen out, uh, you know, multiple guys, you know, guys either retired or left via free agency. This is, a uh, uh almost a new offensive line for Tom Brady. And if there's a quarterback that can, you know, overcome that with getting rid of the ball quickly, it's Brady, but nonetheless, there's going to be some growing pains for this team. Yeah. I, I think normally, you know, when I was going through and, and kind of making my picks for this week, like I, I would kind of want to fade the Buccaneers. Like it, it feels like this is a spot where they could get tripped up, but like so much has gone wrong for Dallas that it's hard for me to have any more faith in the Cowboys. So, you know, ultimately, I mean, this is, this is definitely a, a stay away 
for me, uh, you know, when I'm, I'm setting my pick em picks, I think I have this as my least confident game as of right now. Um, we, we saw fireworks between these two teams in week one last year. Uh, and at that point, I felt really good about the Buccaneers. And, you know, they, they barely squeaked out that game, needed a couple breaks in the end. And it, it just feels like two teams that, that are <clears throat> kind of similarly, like you said, on the offensive line. They have similar questions in terms of injuries with guys like Gallup and, and Chris Godwin. Uh, they're, they're teams that if they weren't playing each other, I feel like I would try to fade them both in week one. But the fact that they are playing each other, you know, makes it really difficult. Very high total in this game, by the way. 50 and a half uh, is the over. Yep. Yeah, for yeah, well, and it, I mean, there are two dynamic offenses there. Um, yeah. I mean, they're they're expected to be dynamic offenses there, and you know, they were last year for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, I I think I'm going to take the Cowboys. I mean, it's a I feel like it's a sucker play, but I don't know. Um, uh, it, it's a it's a tough tough call. Looking at some of the, the the fantasy decisions, okay, Brady Evans obvious starts. Chris Godwin. Now there, here's mm-hmm. one. You know, he's practicing without a knee brace now. Uh, that was today, as a matter of fact, uh, yep. pointing in the right direction. They say he's going to play in week one. We thought that he's going to be out multiple weeks. Yeah. Multiple ligaments were hurt here. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, Russell Gage is dealing with the injuries coming back from a leg injury. He was able to return to practice last week. Uh, quote from Todd Bowles. He's getting better and better. Expect him to be on track to play trending in the right direction. All shiny, happy news so far. Yeah, I think at this point, I'm comfortable with Godwin. He's always been one of my favorites. I, I found myself the last few years just like always finding a way to, to roster him. And, you know, you, you're not getting that same discount, certainly, that you were a few weeks ago or if you were drafting early a couple months ago. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he went with the first pick in the fifth round in your draft. So you're, you're, you're going to have to pay up at this point for Chris Godwin. But, you know, if he, if he is indeed looking like himself in week one and he stays healthy going forward, I, I do think getting that guy like that, you know, in a lot of drafts, you can still probably get him mid-fifth round that could end up being a, a big time value. So, you know, as I yeah. do my final three or four drafts this week, he's somebody I'm going to be making a point to, to try to get. And, you know, there's certain builds where he could be, you know, if that, that guy could end up being your third or fourth receiver. And if you're in that position, I, I think you're in really good shape. I agree. I agree. Uh, let's uh, share a quick note from one of our sponsors real quick before we go on to our next game, which will be uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the ineffection you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that, too. Fun first weekend of college football, by the way. Official week one, even though week zero is fun, too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win, daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com, and you'll get your first game free. Then use proto- promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. Uh, got a lot of good, good stuff here. Uh, talking a little bit more about, uh, these, this, these games, Nick and I are going to go game by game by game. Uh, we've got a question from Mark, uh, uh, asking, should I drop Irv Smith to get Tyler Algier? He already has Dallas Goddard. So, I mean, I think if you need, if you've got like two running backs on your bench, and you want a third instead of a backup tight end. I get it. I like Irv Smith though. And I think Minnesota is going to play him in week one as early as week one. I know he's coming back from uh, yet another injury. It's tough to be patient with him. I, and I'm not so high on Atlanta's running game that I have to have Tyler Algier. I think I think the answer is, uh, is is really dependent on how many running backs you have on your team. But looking at Smith, he was, he's was he been spotted catching passes in recent practices. Yeah. Uh, so he looks like he's ready to go week one. This is going to be one of the more interesting games on the docket for me. I, I'm really looking forward to this one. Packers, another road favorite. 
minus one and a half. We have a, not, a lot of new positive buzz, though, from this Vikings coaching staff. Uh, and, you know, you know, and just this should be a fun offense. Now that we've taken off the Mike Zimmer shackles, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a lot of conversations this weekend uh, with a lot of people who are diehard Packers fans. And I, I think the Packers probably get tripped up here in week one. I really do. The more I think about it, um, I, I, I still like the Packers long term. I like them to win the division. I think they're going to have a very similar season to the last few where they end up with 12 or 13 wins. There's a, a couple rocky patches throughout the year. Uh, probably end up getting tripped up in the playoffs yet again. But I, I, you can totally see this, you know, being a, a shaky start for that receiving core. You know, I think over the course of the year, they're going to get it ironed out. They're going to be fine. But, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers has not thrown a pass to a lot of these guys in a real game. You know, this is going right. to be their first time uh, in real game action. And and like you said, I, I think, you know, obviously the Vikings are bringing in an, an, an unproven new head coach, but everything felt really stale by the end of that Mike Zimmer tenure. And he was, he was a very good floor raising type of coach. Um, right. you know, obviously a great defensive type of coach, but it felt like that team had tapped out its potential. And I, I think if you're, if you're someone who roots for the Packers, you didn't, you didn't want to see Mike Zimmer fired. You know, you're, you're pretty comfortable with you know, beating that guy. You know, you, you just yeah. kind of know that there's a, there's a ceiling on that team. Just like if you're a Vikings fan, you didn't want Mike McCarthy to get fired. Right. I mean, you, right. you, you don't want, you, you know, there's a chance that you could, there's always a chance you could do worse when you fire someone like McCarthy or Zimmer, but you know, there's also a chance you could do better. And look where the Packers are now with Matt LaFleur versus where they were with, with Mike McCarthy. I think you could make a similar argument for the Vikings who, who felt like they had just kind of hit their ceiling under Zimmer. So it's, it's a little scary if you're the Packers that there's a team that, you know, I don't think you were all that scared of in the past. And now they're, they're bringing new things to the table. You, you should have a, a much different looking offense, a much more dynamic offense. And um, you know, this, this line's on the move. It's Packers minus one and a half, but last week it was Packers minus two and a half. So uh, I think some belief uh, that the Vikings uh, are, are going to be able to pull this off. And, you know, to me, this, this should be closer to a pick em. I mean, the game's at Minnesota, the Packers seemingly always find a way to split with the Vikings, whether they, you know, whether they lose one at home or on the road. Uh, but I, I think this is a really, really close game. And I, I lean Vikings here. Yeah, I, I kind of do too. I, you know, we, you know, part of a good dynamic of a show is disappear, dis- disagreeing with each other more often. But man, yeah. I, I like it. You know, I like your analysis on this one here. Total is 48 and a half. Uh, should be a decently high scoring game. Although, again, you know, a lot of uncertainty yeah. here. New coach on one side, right. new receivers on another. Packers laid an egg in week one last year. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of like the under on, on 48 and a half. I, I think, I mean, for the first time in a long time, you, you'll say, well, you know, maybe the Packers defense is what keeps them in. Like if, if they if they come out and go three and out their first few series and Rodgers just looks out his sorts with the receivers, in years past, alarm bells are going off. Like you're you're not winning that game. But the Packers defense might be so good um, that, you know, like you, you just kind of have to think about this team differently than in years past. So when you, when you talk about, you know, like uh, can I justify starting someone like Irv Smith in week one? It's like on paper, yeah, sure. I mean, he, he could be a low-end starting tight end, but – you know, you also have to factor in like the Packers defense is no longer a matchup that you're targeting in fantasy. That's right. That's right. Um, du- Romeo Dubs, Alan Lazard, uh, Christian Watson. Who are you starting, if anybody, from this group? Ooh, I'm not starting Christian Watson. I'll tell you that. No. Um, right. You know, I, I mean, you could in some deeper leagues, you could probably start Dobbs. Um, you know, Lazard, I, I think you almost have to start. Right. I mean, I'm starting enough- him. Yeah. yeah, to me, there's enough touchdown potential with Lazard that I, I feel okay about that. Um, you know, we again, we didn't really see him and Rodgers at all in the preseason, so there's still some question marks there. But yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable starting Lazard. I think you want a piece of that Packers offense, 
with Dobbs, you know, it's like there's there's certainly a chance that he just continues what he was doing in preseason, and he's you know he's like the breakout star of week one. And if you don't have him in your lineup, you regret it. But to me, I, I think chances are, based on where he's going, even though he's a riser, there aren't many teams where he's like your third option at receiver. You know, at at, sure. at worst, he's probably your fourth, fifth, sixth guy. So I don't anticipate starting Dobbs anywhere. I certainly don't anticipate starting Watson. We'll see. You know what his situation is injury wise. He he very well may not even be available for this game. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you have Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, probably not starting either of those guys. No, I'm definitely not. I'm not drafting those guys. No, uh, but no I mean, we have Watkins penciled they, in as the number two receiver. There's just been no talk about him. Zero. Zero talk about him. It's so yeah, funny. I haven't heard one thing. Jaguars, Commanders. We have heard lots about these two teams. Oh, yeah. Uh, we actually have. There's been a lot of uh, interesting talk in this one. Line on this one is the, the standard three, although I don't know if the standard three actually exists. There's some good content by Jared Donabini in the Rotowire ma- magazine that the standard line is really should be one and a half or two now as the home field advantage. Uh, and the commanders certainly probably have one of the least uh, imposing home field advantages in football, unless it's Jacksonville, but <clears throat> sorry. Uh, hey, too soon. It used to be the Bengals and now that's changed. Uh, it can, it can happen like that. The Bengals now have sold out their season tickets for the season. Uh Commanders are three-point favorite. The total in this one's 43 and a half. You know, some positive buzz on Trevor Lawrence this preseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, Travis Etienne went in the second round of my primetime draft. I, I was hoping to get him at uh, 210. Didn't happen. Um, I, I was hoping for Javante Williams. That was two in front of me. Uh, that was kind of silly to think that it might happen. But there, according to ADP, there was a chance. Uh, it was more like a dumber, dumb and dumber chance, though, unfortunately. Uh Jaguars, though, I mean, there, there, there should be some fun things here. Um, I, I, I do like ETN. I will start him right away. Mm-hmm. What about the receiving core? Who do you like in the Jacksonville receiving core? Kirk? I, I guess by default, I have to say Christian Kirk. I I did not love their strategy of quantity over quality, you know, especially because it felt like right after they they made all those moves, you know, to sign a bunch of like B, B-minus level receivers – you started to see some other dominoes fall. It's like, well, why, why couldn't they have brought in AJ Brown? You know, to me, I would rather, I'd rather have one, you know, elite guy uh, rather than, you know, signing a, a bunch of kind of B level guys. But um, the, the overall talent level is certainly raised there. There's not a situation in which Laquan Treadwell is going to be operating as the number one receiver for the bulk of the year for mm-hmm. this team. Um, you know, they, they've spent a ton of money yet again in free agency and, you know, it, it, in some ways it harkens back to, I think it was like 2015 or 2016 when they spent a boatload of money. That was when they went out and got like Julius Thomas. And that was supposed to be this big addition. And pretty much everybody they brought in flopped. Um, it does feel like there is there is considerable optimism with the way this team is moving. But I, I remain really skeptical. And I, I think I think a lot of people are going to get suckered into betting the Jaguars in week one. I, I think everybody's off the commanders. Everybody hates Carson Wentz. But I, I'm approaching the Jags with caution. That's been my that's been my mantra both in fantasy and in betting. Uh, I will be betting against the Jaguars in Week One. There's a, a, a quick little sneak preview. They're minus, or uh, the Commanders are minus three in this game at at BetMGM. Um, I think over the course of the year, there's going to be a ton of improvement, but uh, I remain I remain skeptical. This is a, you talk about teams that have struggled in Week One games in recent years. Uh, the Jags are at the top of that list. So right, uh, I, li- I like the Commanders to win this game, um, and I I, I still. I don't have any Travis Etienne anywhere. I just, I, I need to, None, I, need to huh? I need to see it. I, I don't okay. want to, I can't have the double heartbreak of the Jaguars going like four and 13 and Etienne also being a bust. I, I just can't expose myself to that risk. All right. It's too soon. I understand. It's okay. You've been hurt before. Uh, I will, I do have lots of Etienne, but I got a more 
is a third round guy. I got him in the third round. I I'm willing to take him ahead of Zeke. We we t- that's kind of yeah. one where we differ a little bit there. Uh, it is betting on the come. Hundred percent agree with you there. Uh, and I don't. But I used to do the same thing as you. Is like I'll fade some of the players on my own team. The problem with that is then you get Jamar Chase going nuts in his rookie year and you don't have enough of them um, or, or or just don't have Joe Bur- enough of Joe Burrow. Now yeah. I want to have some Trevor Lawrence in my life this year. I got him actually mm-hmm. in the prime time, not as my starter, but I do have him and I, I want to. I think I want to be there when he. Uh, I, I think there's some breakout potential with him. I, I think that's the, the year two ba- breakout is coming. Perhaps I know he doesn't have the same talent uh, as Burrow had, for instance, but I, he has some. It's not totally bereft of talent, unlike last year. Yeah, right, right. Um, I mean, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good. I, I have no, I have no doubt about that. I just, I don't know that it's going to translate to you know a, a five, six win jump compared to last year. Um, so with, with the ETN hype, let me, like Travis ETN went in the middle of the second round uh, in 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 your latest draft. Brees Hall went in the middle of the fifth round. Like ETN is essentially a rookie, uh, based on the fact that he didn't play at all last season. Although he is coming off of an injury, like. Is it just a situation where he's clearly the number one guy, even though I think, I think James Robinson's going to have more of a say in this backfield than people expect. Like how, how do you justify ETN going that far ahead of the top true rookie in this class in Brees Hall? Uh, I think that's a very good question. Um, I would say in part because we've already seen like Hall seed carries to Michael Carter a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Michael Carter is, you know, new also. Um, it's not like he's an old guy. Uh, he, he's a, spent some reasonable draft capital on him. That said, nobody expects the Jets to be a dynamic offense. Nobody expects the Jaguars to be a dynamic offense. Uh, it's a good question. It's a fair, fair question there. And maybe I, m- what, maybe I should be saying I should have more Brees Hall in my life. Uh, I don't have any. Yeah. So more would be some. Um yeah, yeah, I mean, with, with ETN, there's the pass catching too. I think that's a huge part of this. It's just yeah. what he what he projects to do. I mean, the the fact that he played with Lawrence in college, you kind of expect there to be some built in camaraderie there. Yeah. Um, I just you know like I, I just feel like he's being valued almost on like a a Saquon type of level coming into the league. And like I mean, he was a very very good college running back, but I don't think he had that kind of NFL pedigree. You know. Well, if he did, he would have been drafted in the first round. That's yeah. well, that's what I'm saying, right? So I, I'm just I'm just shocked that. You know, strike one, he plays for the Jaguars. Jaguars. Strike two, he's coming off of a Liz Frank injury. I, I'm just really yeah. surprised that people are are still drafting him with such confidence. You know, I mean, like, I I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just the, the jaded Jaguars fan in me. But um, I, I think he could have a good year. I just – I would not be comfortable taking him as high as the middle of round two. I, I don't know. I just – again, maybe I'm too jaded. Maybe so. Um, Antonio Gibson starting for the, the commanders. Uh, you, know, you know, we got Brian Robinson on the NFI list be out at least four weeks, but it sounds like he will play this season. Yimson didn't really go that much higher. He went in the eighth round in my primetime draft mm-hmm. after Tony Pollard, after I took Rashad Penny. I still, I mean, the, the, all the news was so negative on Gibson. The only thing that was positive yeah. was that he was catching some passes, but, you know, being relegated, punt return duties, being right. behind both McKissick and uh, Robinson at one point in one of the preseason games certainly wasn't a positive season for him, uh, yeah. preseason for him. Right. I mean, just an all time, just strange, bizarre situation where he was like the biggest faller of draft season. And then, you know, the guy who's been one of the biggest risers obviously has that, you know, tragic situation uh, that just kind of knocks him out of the race temporarily. So, yeah, everything's been negative about Gibson. And, and then now they're in this position where they essentially have to start him to begin the year. Really, really strange. Um, 
you know, with, with Robinson potentially coming back as early as week five or six, it, it adds just another wrinkle to this. I mean, Robinson went, uh, what, in the, the end of the 14th round in your draft. So obviously he's getting dinged for, you know, the potential to miss well beyond four games, uh, given the, the severity of, of what he's recovering from. But I think there's still this belief that there's a, there's, there's kind of a clock in Antonio Gibson, right? That as soon as Brian Robinson is ready to go, whenever that may be, that everything will revert back to where we were a week and a half ago before the Robinson situation uh, transpired. So with Gibson, it, it feels like, you know, maybe you, you, you're, you're kind of hoping you could get him for five, six, seven good weeks. And then at that point, you, know, you do feel like the commanders are going to give Robinson his chance. Right. They start off with the Jaguars at home, at the Lions, then Eagles and Cowboys. So they could start off with two wins, possibly. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And Gibson could look good in those games, possibly. It, it could be one of those situations there where he does enough that at least he's in the mix, whereas before. Or he could cough up three fumbles and we, we never yeah. hear from him again. Uh, so that's also possible, too. Uh, some, you know, it, it, that that's one that I find a little bit difficult to handicap there. Let's keep rolling. Uh, let's go with our uh, next game. Uh, but before we do that, quick note from one of our sponsors. Uh, that is our friends at Hoffer. Hoffer proudly brings you fantasy sports in your complete control. Goodbye are the days of the salary caps and house-based games. Instead, say hello to simple fan-made custom contests. On Hoffer, you create contests on your own terms. You pick the entry fee, you pick the number of seats, you pick the athletes, you pick the stats, you pick it all. Choose between one of Hoffer's 12 different gameplays, then set the basic contest terms and write the multiple choice questions, which can be as easy as more passing yards, Mahomes or Brady. Let your sports imagination run wild. It's only contests made by fans for fans on Hoffer. All contests feature live leaderboards to track your progress, during the game and full player transparency to see who you are competing against. Unlock a $50 deposit bonus and earn an additional $10 for each friend you invite. It's a whole new world in the DFS game and Hoffer is ahead of the pack. So don't wait, download Hoffer, that's H-O-F-R, and challenge your friends today. All right, Nick and I are going through uh, game by game. Uh, let's keep rolling here with Eagles Lions. Eagles are a road favorite, four-point road favorite, 48-and-a-half is the over-under. When we saw these two teams last year, it was an utter blowout, Nick. The Eagles went nuts against the Lions. Yet we all have these positive vibes now about the Lions because of how they finished, because of hard knocks. See, you know, A lot of positive vibes on the Eagles, too. I'm Frankly, I'm surprised this line's not just a little bit bigger. Same here. I think I think this more stems from the optimism around the Lions, where there's this there's I mean, Derek Stevens was telling us right at, at Circa that, you know, the Lions are what, like their second most uh, or second biggest liability uh, in terms of Super Bowl bets. Like there are there is a lot of Lions optimism uh, going around right now. And I, I tell you what, I would not be betting the Detroit Lions to win the Super Bowl and I would not be betting them to win this game. I, I think they're getting they're getting a little bit of the the artificial hard knocks bump for sure. I think this team can take a step forward, but I also think the Eagles have taken one of the biggest steps forward of maybe any team just in terms of the personnel that they've added yep. this offseason. So it already felt like Philly was moving in the right direction based on how last year went, and they were aggressive in adding uh, A.J. Brown. They were aggressive in, in bolstering the secondary just last week. Uh, I, I think there's a, a ton to like here. However, when you start to look through and, and say, well, we know for a fact that every – big road favorite is not going to win in week one. There's always that at least one or two surprises. You know, it's not crazy to think that the lions could, could win this game. 
I, I will be I will be rolling with the Eagles, but I, I won't be doing it like you know overly confidently. There, there's still something in the back of my mind with the Lions where hey, maybe the hype is justified. They're one of my choices for Survivor. Uh, the Eagles yeah. are uh, in Week One. It's it's a tough call, but uh, yeah, well, I'm, I, the guy the the one I thought I was going to take, uh, I'm not going to take. We'll get. I'll stay. I'm looking forward I'll to, get to that when we get there. Which but. game this is going to be? You've, you've teased it a couple times now. You'll reveal it when we get to that game. Yeah, that's what okay, I, I got. Hey, it's a tease. That's what we call in the yeah. radio biz. Uh, no one asked, does AJ Brown still have a W uh, wide receiver one upside with his new team? Absolutely, yes. End of the no second question. round for me. Happy to take him there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No question about it. Um, you know, you'll see him second, maybe early third in some drafts. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, is he a guarantee to, to be one of the 12 best receivers in the league in terms of total fantasy points? No, but does he have wide receiver one upside? 100%. No doubt about that. Yeah. Similar. Do you guys think Swift can be a top five running back? Is it more of an RB2? Uh, can be, yes. Percentage likelihood, I would say, is a little lower than that. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no. I mean, I was just thinking about it. I Top five, I, I, again, it's like, can he? Yes, of course, there's a world in, w- in which that happens. I think it would be a combination of him, you know, exceeding expectations and would probably need a couple injuries to, you know, the guys who are consensus going ahead of him. I don't think he has top five upside personally, you know, barring some some major breaks. I also don't necessarily think he's a he's a running back too. Like I, I think he's just a low end running back one for me. I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd like Barkley Camara better than him at the end of the first round. I like Mixon better than him. Uh, I think that's where I probably draw the line. Uh, yeah, and, same here. Yeah, same here. I, I think. I mean, with Barkley, there's obviously injury concerns that that complicate things for me. But I, I prefer Mixon to Swift pretty easily. Yep. Hertz is an easy start this week. Brown's an easy start this week. Goddard's an easy start. Devontae yep. Smith, I think he's a good WR3, maybe yep. wide receiver four, you know, maybe flex, uh, but yep. I think he's a start also. Lions side, I think TJ Chark's going to have a pretty good season. I think he's a sneaky uh, guy. You may not even start him this week. You, you, you're not paying starting prices for him. No. I think he's a sneaky guy with Jameson Williams out at least four weeks, and there's no timetable on him. I think Williams is out more yeah. than four weeks. Yeah, I mean, you're talking late in the 11th round in your draft with DJ Chark. So, like you said, you're not necessarily drafting him with the expectation that you're starting him, you know, unless you're a team that maybe took someone like DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, you have a, an injury situation uh, that that you're you're worried about in week one. I would say his start percentage is going to end up being pretty low. But, yeah, there's there's going to be room for somebody beyond Amon Ross St. Brown in this offense. Like, I, I think Jared Goff at this point is maybe – I'm not a Goff guy, but I, I do think he's become maybe slightly underrated. Um, you know, I think he's still, he's still very competent as far as leading an offense that can support, uh, you know, two receivers and, and one tight end and Hawkinson for fantasy. Yep. Speaking of Hawkinson, we had a trade, uh, trade question here. Should I, uh, caveat, should I trade Deontay Johnson, TJ Hawkinson and Eli Mitchell for Mark Andrews? If I have Lamar as my quarterback and Johnson's my flex and Mitchell's my backup PPR league has DJ Moore and lamb. Uh, this is a hard pass for me. Uh, if you want to reframe the question, okay. Yeah, you know, maybe you don't use draft capital later in the season, but would you trade your early third slash late second, you know, one of those picks for a third, a fifth, and an eighth? No, you wouldn't no. do that. Uh, that's way too. It's it's way too much uh, for a uh, upgrade there. I don't care that Lamar's your quarterback here. I know yeah. it, it's it's a nice bonus, but not enough to give up that much draft capital. Depth matters. Yep. Don't do it. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, it's it's certainly appealing to get the Lamar Andrews connection, but. I mean, you're putting yourself in a really tough spot if either of those guys miss any time. And, you know, the, the, the drop from Andrews to Hawkinson is is significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think inclu- having to include 
Deontay Johnson, especially in that deal, to me, is a little too much. Agreed. Moving on, Pat's Dolphins. Dolphins are a three-point favorite in this one in Miami. Uh, total on this one is 46 and a half. When we last saw the Pats, their offense was getting knocked around. Their first-team offense is getting knocked around by the Raiders' second and third-team defense. Raiders are expected to be a bad defensive team, too, although maybe that expectation is incorrect. Maybe that is the real takeaway from here. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, that said, is there – which Pats offensive players are you even starting? Uh, Hunter Henry, I know you're starting because uh, you've got oh, yeah. him in some places. Harris and Stevenson, I guess, is it. And those guys are borderline. Those guys are like eighth-round guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Henry will, will certainly be in my lineup in at least one league. I, I actually – he's one of those guys that I actually kind of did a lot of, like, weight on tight end, and I paired him with someone like Pat Fryermuth. It felt like I had that pairing, like, three times in, in early drafts. Um, so if I'm choosing between those two, I'm, I'm certainly leaning Fryermuth for week one. I don't know what to think of this Pats team. This is this is maybe maybe the most difficult game, I think, to pick straight up. Uh, certainly the spread you know, adds another variable to that. The Patriots look so bad in the preseason and, and for the most part the Dolphins look good and you know the Dolphins are the team with the the shiny new weapon in Tyreek Hill they're the team with the you know innovative new head coach that could kind of solve a lot of the issues that plagued that team early last season and you know the Patriots they're just one of those teams that you never want to bet against right like I for like right. if it was almost any other team that struggled to that degree in the preseason I would just be completely off like I'm not I'm not touching this team in week one but you could totally see the Patriots just, you know, coming out and looking like the Patriots in week one, because that's what they do. And no other team really gets the benefit of the doubt to that degree. Um, and then, of course, you know, the fact that they're playing the Dolphins at Miami, a team that they've always struggled with, even when they've had their best teams with Tom Brady, that just adds another variable to this one. I mean, this is a this is as close to a throw your hands up game as it gets for me, especially as a nod to a believer. Um, I, I think I think this ends up just being a kind of grinded out. Uh, probably I go under on 46 and a half here. Uh, it's hard for me to see the Pats getting blown out in week one, but based on how they looked in the preseason, it, it feels like it's on the table. I was going to call you a Tua hater, but I think that's too harsh. I'm going to call you a Tua skeptic. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, you, yeah. you could say hater if you want. Okay, hater. Okay, I like it. Steer into it. That's good. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say this. If you are a skeptic of Tua, then you got to be nervous if you have either Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. Uh, two yeah. guys that normally you'd be pretty happy with. But you know what? Waddle did what he did last year with with Tua, so I'm not really right. that worried. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's I took Tyreek in the second round of this primetime draft that we keep referring to, and mm-hmm. I'm uh, there's some, there's there's a, it's a decent amount of discomfort. I kind of have some regrets about the pick. Uh, it it yeah. wasn't my first choice. It was the okay break glass in a case of emergency, and if I'm too chicken to draft Kyle Pitts, which I wanted to do, and I wish I would have. I wish I would have gone to well, Kyle Pitts. I think. So you, so you could have taken Pitts. You could have taken Mark Andrews, who went with the next pick. You also could have taken Mike Evans. Like, did you consider Evans over Hill? I've been kind of steering away from Evans. I think I have enough exposure to Evans, and I, I'm a little nervous about Evans too, uh, okay. mostly because of his injuries and because there's just a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's a really tough call, man. I, I think I probably would have taken Andrews, but then, you know, of course, you set yourself back a little bit at receiver. I do think I love what you did getting Al Robinson in the fourth. I think you gave yeah. yourself a, a really nice third option there. And then even get Lazard in the seventh, who you know, I was very happy keep, with Lazard. We have to keep Harpin on this. I mean, he's the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers. And even though that's meant a lot more in the past when that guy has been Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams, um, it still means something. So I, I think to, you know, you, you have some really nice fallback options if, if Tyreek Hill 
and you know if that pairing with Tua ends up being a disaster but with Hill I mean it's like I, if anything I could see Waddle being the guy who really falls off like like you said he did what he did last year with Tua so like I'm not really concerned about the quarterback situation when it when it comes to just straight up uh you know like fantasy production I just don't think Tua is like a great franchise quarterback that's what it comes down to but I think with Waddle you're more worried about Tyreek Hill encroaching on the targets as opposed to Tua not being able to get him the ball because even if, even though I'm a Tua hater he's already proven that he can at least throw these little quick outs to, to Jalen Waddle you know 90 times over the course of a year yep agreed I think Chase Evans is going to get a lot of targets too so I, I like him as yep. a start uh both in this game and just generally speaking uh, all right 49ers Bears big road favorite 49ers seven point favorites I like them as a as a survivor fan. I mean, we, I, you and I both are on record as saying we hate the Bears this year. Bears haters. I'm going to steer into that. Not hating the people, good people yeah. of Chicago, but I mean, the Bears look rough. That offensive line looks terrible. We don't like what they did for yeah. uh, personnel for Fields, at least in terms of known personnel. Apparently, there's been some positive reviews about molding the offense to Fields' talents, which they didn't do necessarily last year. That could change things a little bit there. It's always dangerous for the mobile quarterback guy in year two. Right. That that's the fear. I kind of still like the Niners, though. Yeah, I like the Niners here as well. I, you know, I mean, you get, you get a really low total. I think there's the, you know, the, the odds makers are kind of covering for the fact that there is a chance that the Trey Lance experiment, you know, takes a little bit to get off the ground. Um, yep. I, I could totally see this being a game that's like seven to three 49ers at halftime. But I, I just think the, the total talent of the 49ers is going to win out, even if Trey Lance struggles. Yep. Yeah. Um, there, right now, I'd say it's Eagles versus Niners for me in, ter- in terms of who I'm going to take. Uh, but there is one more also that I, I'm leaning towards, too. So we'll see about that. Uh, oh, there's, there's actually two more now that I look at it. But uh, okay. Other guys, I'm starting Mitchell this week. Going to start the two receivers. Uh, start obviously starting Kittle if you have him. Lance is actually the, the the debate. I mean, this is a very low total in this game. You know, Vegas isn't really expecting the offense to be fully clicking. And let's face it, they weren't uh, against the Texans. They played most of their starters, not their offensive line, and their their game plan was. I you know they, I've heard it phrased as admittedly vanilla. I think they were. I think they're aggressively saying it was vanilla. I think it, they weren't admitting it. I think they were they were stating it that to try to defend uh, Lance and crew a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it was very vanilla. Uh, is the point they didn't install too many run plays in that game. So I will say that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any Lance myself. I've I've been trying to just stay away from that situation entirely, uh, while admitting that you know there's there's a world in which it goes really well and what he does on the ground just just makes him a, a rock solid quarterback week to week. Um, but if you, you know the, the drafts that we've been going through these last few weeks, it, the way that he's being valued, like I, I don't know who wouldn't be starting him, right? I mean, you're seeing him come off the board, and sometimes the fifth, sixth, seventh. I mean, I know he went in the eighth round in your draft, but he was still the number one quarterback for that team. Um, you know, oftentimes you're pairing him maybe with someone like Justin Fields, someone like Matt Ryan, someone like Trevor Lawrence is kind of your backup option. Um, maybe this week, you know, you would consider like Matt Ryan against the Texans, but I think for the most part, the way that we've seen him drafted. The expectation is he's your every week starter. Yeah. Uh, I've seen him go a little bit lower uh, this week. I mean, round eight is, you know, he, he went after Russell Wilson. Sometimes he goes ahead of him. I actually got him, Nick, uh, in a super flex league uh, as my second QB. And then I got him in the 11th round and another as my backup QB. So I think once okay. Jimmy G was brought back, I think his price went down just a smidge. So something to watch for there. Uh, yeah. I'm starting. I'm not starting fields this week. I really, unless it's a super flex league and then I'm begrudgingly starting him. 
I am going to start Mooney. I'm, I don't have Montgomery anywhere, so I'm not going to start Montgomery, but if I had him, I would, I would begrudgingly start him. Yes. yes. And, and Cole Komet I'm starting because I have a lot of Cole Komet. Yeah, we're kind of opposites on on Komet. I just I haven't haven't really got him. I, I prefer you know Fryermuth is right in that same range. I just I just prefer him. Um, you know Hunter Henry is going a little later. I mean Komet Komet's even put some distance actually between himself and Fryermuth in the last week. You know he's he's going a full round ahead. Is he? Uh, I'm just content yeah. to wait. Yeah, one. I mean we're talking one fifteen versus you know one one twenty six essentially. So um, you know it it could vary widely draft to draft. But I, I just prefer to wait a little bit and grab Fryermuth. Um, you know, let's let's see what I had a point I wanted to bring up here. Completely lost my okay. place. Um, oh, well, I wanted to mention Fields in my Superflex draft last week. He went he went at the end of round two. So, I mean, there's a situation where like that drafter was targeting oh. Justin Fields as his quarterback, too, as opposed to doing it begrudgingly. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That is yeah, wild. So that was that was probably the biggest surprise for me of the draft. I think it was Josh Allen. It was it was the guy who had the number one pick took Josh Allen and then paired him with Fields right away. Komet went three rounds ahead, by the way, three rounds ahead of Frymuth in my draft Saturday. Wow. So, yeah, you're right. It, it, but I, I, and I agree with your conclusion. I'd rather have Frymuth three rounds later for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wild that see that field. Yeah. Mobile quarterbacks, sometimes that, that, that there is that allure, especially in super flex leagues. All right. Let's roll on. We got to fly here. Browns, Panthers, uh, another barn burner here. Uh, Baker Mayfield revenge game. Panthers are two and a half point favorites at home. This is the standard two and a half. I'm going to be all over the Browns in this one. Um, despite Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback for the Browns, I think the Browns have a much better roster everywhere except except quarterback. And 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 even yeah. you know they have McCaffrey on the Panthers, but I love Nick Chubb too. So uh, you know I, it's not quite a wash; it's a slight advantage for the Panthers. But the Browns have a better roster. I, I like the Browns a lot better in this game. Yeah. Defensively, I like the Browns a lot better. Um, you know, although Carolina does get J.C. Horn back, who looked really good before going down with that injury early mm-hmm. last season. That's a huge piece. I mean, that's a top 10 pick in last year's draft. So I, I think Carolina's sure. defense should look a little better. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I don't know if this line is, is you know, like you said, your Panthers are at home here. It's Jacoby Brissett at quarterback for the Browns, so I get it. But it, it almost feels like the line is, like, reading too into the Baker revenge narrative. And – it, it feels to me like this game is either going to go really well and Baker Mayfield like blows the doors off and has three touchdowns and just, you know, it's kind of his big return game or it goes really badly and the Browns win this game easily. I, I don't see there being like an in-between for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I could see him like the, like he was with the Browns in his rookie year where he's talking smack at the uh, sideline, uh, you know, yeah, talk, oh, was, yeah. at his former coach. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think that's a given. I, I know he's already got, he's selling shirts. Uh, I don't know if he's selling these or somebody else is using his likeness to sell these, so, you know, kind of this Baker versus Browns thing. So I don't know. I feel like more often than not, when you, when you have a buildup like that, uh, you, you're kind of setting yourself up for a potential letdown. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'm starting DJ Moore. I'm starting Cooper, although I don't have Cooper because I kept pushing him down. But if I, if I had Cooper, I'd start him. I think I have him in a keeper league, so I'm starting him there, but not happy about it. Obviously, starting Chubb and McCaffrey. Not a whole lot of fancy players going on in this game, though. Najoku, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're really waiting on tight end, I guess. Yeah. yeah, or, I mean, Tommy Tremble, if you're, like, really, really, really waiting on tight end. No, you're right. I mean, it's for, – for us, like, we're, this is an exciting game, you know, for as a football fan. It's just not a whole lot on the line fantasy-wise outside of the obvious. Yeah, exactly. All right, Ravens-Jets. Ravens, seven-point favorites. Total is 44 and a half. This is another survivor option. 
Ravens, I mean, they're, they're extremely well coached. The Jets, uh, Salah, I like him. He's a decent head coach. Uh, we don't know who's going to be the quarterback. Zach Wilson has not officially been ruled out yet in this game. It could be Joe Flacco. It could be, uh, it could be Zach Wilson. Uh, there's a lot of skill possession players that get drafted relatively early for the Jets. You got Brees Hall that we mentioned, although not as early as usually the first run, rookie running back is taken. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in uh, Elijah Moore. Garrett Wilson, I'm not starting this week. Uh, I, I don't think he's even starting. So if the Jets aren't starting him, I'm not going to start him. Uh, on the Ravens side, the running back question is obviously pretty huge with Dobbins, whether he's going to play. Seen with a limp last week uh, was a big thing, and then he pushed back against that pretty hard. But they don't know if he's going to be ready to go for this week. Yeah, I mean, we saw the video from practice where he was kind of hitting a, a, a blocking dummy and was pretty clearly limping. So he can, he can debate that if he wants. But it, I don't know if he was doing a fake limp for the cameras, but it certainly looked like uh, he was favoring that leg. So I, I think there's reasonable skepticism around J.K. Dobbins. This to me, if I, you know, if I'm playing Survivor, I think I'm leading Ravens right now. I think this number could be, could be higher. You know, I, I said earlier in the show, I think you could swap this line with that Colts-Texans line and nobody would really bat an eye. I think if mm-hmm. you're the Ravens, you're hoping that Zach Wilson is, is the quarterback, right? I mean, because there, there's still I this weird so. Joe Flacco, this Joe Flacco, you know, almost a – Another you know, revenge less, game. Yeah, yeah, like a less a less testosterone field, like Baker Mayfield versus the Panthers situation. But like, every time Joe Flacco's under center, there's a potential for like something weird to happen. Um, I, so yeah, I think if you're the Ravens, you would love a you know potentially not yet 100% Zach Wilson in there at quarterback over Joe Flacco, who you know at this point in his career it's it's Joe Flacco. But I still think he he provides you a pretty significantly higher floor than Zach Wilson, who on Zach Wilson's bad day, I mean he's the worst quarterback in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely there. I like the Ravens as a streaming defense for the first couple of weeks of the season too. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, and I like Rashad Bateman. Um, I, I like, he's a start this week for me too. Uh, Steelers Bengals, you know, highlight of the week here. This is another per, perhaps a survivor game, but it's not going to be for me. Uh, and the reason why is the history here. It's just way too much history. Tom was way too good of a coach. They may not yeah. have an absolute liability at quarterback this year. Like they did last year. The line is six and a half. Bengals are a heavy favorite. Totals 44 and a half. Bengals won both games comfortably last year. Uh, right. But nonetheless, I, I'm i going to steer away from the Bengals this week. That, that's one I'm just kind of stay away from a little bit there because of the divisional factor, because of the history. Nonetheless, though, I'm, you know, I'm starting all my significant Bengals. I might even start Tyler Boyd if I have him uh, as like a flex and a three receiver in a flex league. Uh, on the Steelers side, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet. Is it going to be Mitch? Is it going to be uh, Kenny Pickett? You can make a case for both. I think it'll be Trubisky, but what do you think? I think so too. I'd be pretty surprised if it's not Trubisky. I think it's going to be much more of a a week-to-week or I mean, potentially series-to-series even uh, situation mm-hmm. to begin the year than we thought it would be. I think three weeks ago, it looked like Trubisky was, you know, he's not going to be locked in as a starter for 17 games, but it looked like he would maybe get at least like a four-game set before they even consider making a change. And I think Pickett changed that with, with how he played in the preseason. Right. So again, I, you know, Mike Tomlin is kind of, he's kind of been messing around with the media. I think with this one a little bit saying like, yeah, you know, I, I could see Pickett starting. I never ruled that out. I, I think they go Trubisky here, but I mean, if they, if, if, if this turns out like, especially that second Steelers Bengals game last year, which was what 41 to 10. Um, I, I think the Steelers are, are very much prepared to, to pivot to Kenny Pickett at any point here. And you know, this to me, I, I I'm with you. I, I would not be going Bengals and survivor. I, I don't love the Bengals six and a half, uh, even though I'm, I'm on them as a 
you know, a team that's going to exceed expectations in total. I mean, Steelers right. played the Bills week one last year, and everybody thought the Bills were going to roll that game. And, you know, it was the typical Mike Tomlin Steelers effort, and it wouldn't shock me if we see something like that again. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, I There's injuries to watch for Pittsburgh, though, too. TJ yep. Watt, Deontay Johnson, both watched their practice very carefully this week because they got hurt in the final preseason game. We saw with uh, Najee Harris earlier that the, the Steelers were not very forthcoming about his health status. Harris actually yep. had a Liz Frank injury at the start of training camp. Uh, wasn't just stepped on. In fact, wasn't stepped on at all. That's not what he had. In fact, he made that pretty clear. Talked about that, kind of beat that one to death a little bit. It was enough for me to kind of want to fade Harris if I was at the back of the first round. I, I wasn't, so it wasn't an issue for me over the weekend at least. But that is one I'm watching very carefully there. I'm a little bit worried about that. So watch closely, uh, but that, that, that's an issue. And, and the Watt issue too. I mean, if no TJ Watt, that's huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, if TJ Watt isn't playing in this game, that, that changes things considerably for me because I, I think what you're most worried about, you know, it's, it's not, you're, you're not worried about, you know, Mitch Trubisky coming up and, and lighting up the Bengals this week. I think you're more so worried about, you know, the Steelers defense just being the Steelers and, and finding a way to slow down the Bengals. Exactly. Exactly. I had a question Ravens or Packers defense for the rest of the season? I go Packers defense. What say you? I go Packers as well. I, I think you have the, you have the better division schedule. Um, you know, the Ravens early on, I, I'm with you. You know, you go Jets. Dolphins, they, they played the AFC East the first four weeks of the year. Really weird schedule. Um, so Jets, Dolphins, Pats, weeks one through three. I think you feel good about that. Uh, but then you, you go into a much tougher stretch, you know, where you, you get the you get the Bills, you get the Bengals back-to-back weeks. You don't, you wouldn't feel great about rostering that defense uh, for, those, for those two weeks in a row. Um, you know, you get the NFC South as well. They play the Buccaneers and the Saints in back-to-back weeks. So, yeah, I, I favor the Packers here. I, I think – I think this is a just super, super talented defense, probably the, the most talented defense that they've had in at least a decade. And they yep. have a ton of depth. They have a ton of depth. I mean, you know, they were they were a, a pretty solid defense last year, and that was with their best overall defensive player, Jair Alexander, missing much of the year. So uh, I think the silver lining there was that it essentially forced Eric Stokes to be to be developed as a as, as a top cornerback. And now you have two of those guys. Um, you know, you, you're able to bring back Rasul Douglas on top of that. Uh, I, I favor the Packers. I think I do too. <laughs> Um, let's take before we move on to the last games, uh, let, let's, uh, share one more piece of business. Hey, football fans, get your jerseys on and your tailgate snacks ready. That's right. NFL season is back. And so is your chance to score tickets with vivid seats. Download the vivid seats app or visit vividseats.com to see your team schedule, compare tickets and secure your spot in the stands as the only ticketing company with a reward program. Vivid seats is the winning app for NFL fans like you. Earn credit when you buy 10 tickets, then cash it in to catch more games all season long. With tickets from Vivid Seats, you'll go from watching the game to being a part of it. Go to vividseats.com or find us in the App Store to browse unbeatable seats. We'll see you in the stadium. I've actually used Vivid Seats a couple times for baseball games this year, including when I was doing my college trip with Allie. Went to a Padres game game there, uh, a game that was ultimately sold out. was able to get tickets through Vivid. uh, worked out really well. So uh, I would recommend them. They're a good vendor. Uh, let's keep on rolling uh, with a former San Diego team and the Chargers hosting the Raiders in week one. Chargers, three and a half point favorites. Total is 52 and a half. This game will be one of those to the moon sort of offensive games if we, if last year was any indication. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, the Chargers tried to buff it up that de- this defense this offseason. They had some significant additions. Uh, but one of those guys uh, is, is hurt right now, and that's 
uh, Jackson for the, uh, uh, you know, JC Jackson trying to, you know, is, is one of their big signings from the path. So seeing him, uh, you know, trying to be the shutdown corner, not right away. We'll see him. He, he's listed as questionable. So he's not officially out, but he was out two to four weeks with an ankle surgery. That was a week, you know, about 10 days ago on August 23rd is when we had the latest note on him. Yep. I, I don't think he'll play in week one. So that's something that I think is definitely a negative. Yeah. Uh, they did get, add Khalil Mack. Uh, they did add, uh, you know, they, they did add Jackson. This supposedly a stronger defense. They couldn't stop the run at all last year, though. No, they couldn't. I mean, it was comical at times how easily teams were able to push them around. And you know, adding Khalil Mack certainly helps. Will this this will be a big time? You know, where is he at in his career versus what is his name value type of year for Khalil Mack? I, I love the J.C. Jackson addition, but I'm with you. I don't think we see him in Week One. I don't know if we see him in Week Two. Uh, but you know that that's for for the Chargers. This is a team that has Super Bowl design, so you're not going to rush somebody out there for Week One. Fifty two and a half is the total for this game. That is second. I believe only to Chiefs Cardinals, which we'll get to in just a second. I think that's justifiable. Um, you know, oftentimes in week one, you, you kind of look at certain teams and, and wonder if they'll get off to a slow start. Sometimes it takes some teams uh, a couple of games to, to, to really get to where they need to be. You think of a team like the Packers or the Bills last season. I think the Chargers can hit the ground running here. And then I, I honestly, I think the same for the Raiders, you know, with the addition of Devontae Adams. I think uh, objectively as a fan, this is probably the game I'm most looking forward to watching. Yeah, uh, it's one of well, yeah, as in the non my own team category. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I'd agree with that. Uh, and one more that we have to discuss in a second uh, is another one I'm excited about too. But um, yeah, and, and Chiefs Cardinals the other one. No need to be like teasy on that one there. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's funny. Everybody loves the Chargers except L.A. You know, I mean, in the fantasy world, they're the it team. We've talked about this before. Um, and, but they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Uh, interesting. I, I'm not looking, I would not want to bet this game. I would just want to watch it. Um, I, and even like the over it's priced in nonetheless, I think I'd probably bet the over on this one too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fittingly, we, you know, we saw this, this game play out in the final week of last season and it was the wild game of the year. So I, yeah, it, it, this is a, another one of those, like, I like the chargers, but I, I'm, I'm still willing to, to concede that they're, you know, they have the most variance of any team just with, with the way that they call plays and the way that they handle, you know, third and fourth down situations. But um, this will be a, this is a huge game, kind of a, a prove it game for the chargers in terms of a team that did not make the playoffs last year, having this much hype, you know, you, you need to come out and, and have a fast start, I think to justify that. Yep. And a tough, tough, tough division too. Logan is asking, he's got D, uh, Devontae Adams. This is number one. He's got Mike Evans. He drafted the fourth. Both good picks. Yeah, perfectly fine. Having Adams may not be the number one overall receiver anymore, but he's still a w, yeah. uh, he's still wide receiver one. Uh, so, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Giants-Titans. G-Men are six-point underdogs uh, at Tennessee, 43-and-a-half. Nick, this is the game I teased earlier. I, I only allowed one tease per game. I am no longer taking the Titans as my survivor pick. Harold Landry's out for the season. Big, huge injury. Um, hurts their pass rush a ton. This is He is one of two guys they prioritized to sign instead of A.J. Brown. Uh, they spent a lot of money on Harold Landry. Lost him with a torn ACL in practice. Uh, just a devastating injury for this Titans team. Yeah, big-time injury. Um, it certainly makes you think twice about you know what, what this defense can be. But I, I've got it with you. I mean, I don't know if I would go Titans and Survivor. I'm not quite that confident, but – they're one of those teams that as I go through and, and make my confidence picks, they'll be near the top of the list. You know, you know, I'm, I'm in on Derrick Henry. I, as I said last week on the show, 
he needs to prove to me that that he gets the injury prone label. Uh, if he gets hurt again this year, sure, we'll we'll put him in that category with Barkley and, and McCaffrey. But uh, I'm I'm high on Derrick Henry. I, I think this offense can keep rolling. And more than anything, I'm just down on the Giants, man. I mean this this team. I'm not a Daniel Jones supporter. I know I know it, it always feels like just when everybody's willing to jump on like completely jump off board, uh, he'll he'll do something to pull you back in. I know they have some guys who on paper are, are intriguing skill position players. Obviously, that starts with Barkley, but. Everything you hear about Kenny Galladay uh, is, is just negative. I mean, what was the term last last week that he's moving like a mannequin uh, at practice? That's that's not ideal. Um, you know, it, it, I, I just don't like this Giants team. I, I would pick against them against, you know, you know, if they were playing 26, 27 other teams this week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I really wanted to use the Titans and Survivor. I thought it was a perfect setup there. Not mm-hmm. a division game. You got a home team against a struggling quarterback. It's just enough for me to be a little. I'm 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 a little lukewarm now on the pick there, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I mean, and the Giants. You know, Daniel Jones has looked terrible. I mean, he did okay against terrible. the Bengals' second team defense, but there was practices where you saw he was like clearly missing throws. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I, I've got a lot of bad feelings there. Chiefs yep. Cardinals. Chiefs four and a half point favorites. Total biggest total of the week fifty three and a half here. This is the other game I was looking forward to because. In part because these are teams that are mysteries. Uh, you know, both supposedly high flying offenses here, but no Tyreek Hill now for the Chiefs. Is Juju going to step up and be the man again? This is a guy that was didn't draft in the second round and previously. Uh, he's obviously doesn't have a noodle armed quarterback anymore. He's got a guy that can throw the ball downfield. It's going to open a lot of thing, open a lot of doors for him there. But is is it going to be Juju? Is it going to be Sky Moore? Is it going to be Valdez Scaling that uh, really benefits from being that? You know, but the thing is, it's like MVS goes from Rogers to Mahomes. I mean, what a what a life. Uh, mm-hmm. Running back, who's going to be the main guy? Are we going to see a lot of Pacheco? Are, are Pacheco stands going to be justified in their love? Uh, a lot of questions on the Cardinals side. No Hopkins. You know it, that that's a big one there. Uh, you know, how much is Marquis Marquise Brown going to step up after missing a lot of time in training camp himself with an injury? Yeah, uh, a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball, but you know ceiling is just way high here on both teams yeah ceiling is high for both teams especially the chiefs um the floor to me is very low for the cardinals though um Mm -hmm. and you know this is a team that has started fast the last couple of years they got off to a great start last season um although i think there was some some kind of rightful skepticism as to how good that team was and of course they they really folded over the second half of the year i love the chiefs in this game I, i think the cardinals are in a tough spot Without DeAndre Hopkins, like it's just been a weird offseason for that team. There have not been uh, not been good vibes in Arizona. Um, you know, whenever you have a quarterback like Kyler Murray who can run around and create plays, it, it does it does worry you a little bit. Uh, I know the Chiefs were, were in a dogfight in Week One last year and had to scratch and claw to pull that one out. Obviously, you have a lot of the same questions with the Chiefs as you do the Packers, uh, but you kind of trust guys like Rodgers and Mahomes to make it work. Uh, there's been there's just been like more optimism around like the the Chiefs receiving core than there has with the Packers where they've had injuries and you just, you know, you, you kind of know the ceiling on a lot of those veterans. So I love the chiefs here. I'm, I'm comfortable going chiefs minus four and a half. Uh, for me, it's, it's partially a vote of confidence in Mahomes and partially just a, a belief that this could be the year that things kind of come falling down for the Cardinals. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of tend to agree. Uh, not enough to dra- to use the chiefs and survivor at all, but yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely a big show me year for Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, 
they especially you know if you looked if you would have told Cardinals fans at the beginning of the season okay you'd make the playoffs but it's a road game if you didn't tell them the path and how they got there where they were undefeated longer than everybody else and then you know petered out down the stretch and Murray petered out down the stretch and they looked they'd look terrible in their pre in their postseason game against the Rams I think they'd be fine with the outcome it's just how they got there was what made it look so bad yeah. Yep. And, and they're one of those teams that it just feels like if anything, they, they got a little worse this off season, you know, not, not a ton of splashy additions. Like the, the Marquise Brown trade was just kind of strange. I mean, it's, we'll see how it plays out. It wasn't, it wasn't a disaster by any means, but value wise uh, kind of an odd, uh, kind of an odd deal. And, you know, I think they're really counting on the, the chemistry that Kyler and, and Marquise Brown had at Oklahoma yeah. uh, to make that deal. I, I think, I think to them, it's kind of a, this guy's more valuable to us than he is to 31 other teams. I agree. I'd agree with that. All right, last game. Uh, another revenge game. Russell oh, Wilson yeah. and the Denver Broncos go to Seattle. Six and a half point favorites. 43 is the total on this one. I mean, it's really been a pretty lousy offseason for the Seahawks. This is sneakily another survivor option for a big road favorite. Uh, I might actually, you know, maybe I should consider it a little bit more, but you know, it's, yeah. I, I'll be honest. I don't like waiting till Monday on Survivor. I really don't. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I, I find myself in my my pick'em league doing that too. Like, I never I never go big on the Thursday game. I try not to go big on the Monday game. Like, it you know, it doesn't matter. Obviously, all the games are are the same each week. It just it's just a mm-hmm. timing thing. But you know, you don't you don't either. You don't want to start off the week putting yourself in a hole, um, and you also don't want to feel like nothing matters until that Monday night game. So I'm, I'm with you right. on that psychologically. If this, you could say this about a ton of games this week. If these were flipped and this game was in Denver, absolutely. Take the Broncos as a survivor pick. Wouldn't wouldn't really think twice about it. But I, I don't know what kind of environment we're going to get here. I mean, Russell Wilson was booed at a Seattle Storm game a couple weeks ago. I, like, right. I, I don't. I think this might be a little bit more. I, I don't think it's going to be a straight up like LeBron back in Cleveland or anything like that. But I, I think it's going to be a little. It's going to be a little bit of a, an edgier, hostile crowd than we're expecting. I don't think this is going to be this grand welcome back for Russell Wilson. No, I, I agree. A uh, night game. They're going to be all liquored up. Um, yeah, it's always a good crowd, no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, the, not the life won't be completely sucked out of Seattle's fan base yet at this point in time. They they won't have the full Geno Smith, Drew Locke experience. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Drew Locke. Uh, it's definitely going to be Geno because we saw with Drew Locke uh, in his last preseason game, the full Drew Locke experience uh, there. The, the disappointment in Pete Carroll's eyes. Yes, it's yes. going to be Geno. Yeah, it's definitely going to be Geno. Uh, Got a question. Uh, does Cortland Sutton have W uh, wide receiver one upside this year? Uh, and does Javante Williams as running back? Yes, they both have that upside. Uh, I, and I actually think that Williams is an RB one. Uh, I really wanted to take him as my RB one in the back half of the second round. I have done it in a number of leagues, missed out on that opportunity in NFC prime time. Uh, but if he were there, I would have taken him happily. Uh, and Sutton, I, I don't want him as my first receiver. But he's got that upside. I'd, I'd much rather him be my second or, mm-hmm. or in some universes even third if I'm going heavy receiver early on, which I often do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I love him in the fourth. I would consider him at the end of the third. Yeah, he's going wide receiver 15 in the last week, uh, yeah. right around pick 34, 35. He was wide receiver 12 in your draft. Um, so, you know, it's justifiable. I, I think some people view him like kind of maybe as that last guy who could be wide receiver one if you say there are 12 of those guys um you know to me it's like Gabe Davis versus Cortland Sutton versus DJ Moore versus T Higgins all those guys went essentially in a row in your draft 
like I, I think Sutton to me is like he's definitely closer to that tier, obviously, than he is like to Jefferson Cup digs, right? Like I don't right. I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a world in which he's ever gonna be that productive, but you know, I mean you hate to say it, but the Tim Patrick injury, you know, probably bumps him up a little bit, you know, being the number one target for a, a vastly improved quarterback situation um in what should be a really good offense. I, I there's a path to it happening. Absolutely. I, I think his ceiling is probably, you know, maybe he's like the wide receiver seven or eight, but I, I think he has a pretty high floor too. Like I mean, how do you value Sutton versus Higgins? Is that is that pretty close for you? Yeah, closer than I you know closer than it was at the beginning of draft season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in part because of Higgins's shoulder too. I mean, the fact is that's lingered a little longer than I, I'm comfortable yeah. with. I thought I'd have a lot of T Higgins this year, and I don't. I only have a little bit. Um, you have to pay up for him. Yeah, you do. You don't uh, feel good. I mean, like I have him in a few spots, and you never you never feel great. You, know, you, you like having that guy on your team, but you're never like, wow, what a great value. You know, it's like, I, I keep feeling that way with like where I get Allen Robinson or, or even like someone like Mike Williams who went in the fourth round of your draft. Normally when you get those guys, you're like, okay, nice. I feel good about this pick with Higgins. The times I've gotten him, it's like, eh, I, I guess I'll take him here because I know he's not going to be there when it comes around. Well, and the thing is he's getting drafted as if he's a team's obvious number one, yes, as yes. opposed to the top number two out there. Well, right. And, you know, I mean, he was a very high-end number two, but it's like not only yeah. is he the number two, he's the number two to the guy who might be the best receiver in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. possibly it's, so. it's a tough situation. I mean, it's – and, you know, you have a, a really formidable number three in Tyler Boyd. I mean, they were close to going three guys with 1,000 yards last year. Exactly, exactly. All right, we uh, covered a lot here. Um, sure did. Yeah, we did. Uh, we got Jake and Joe coming up tomorrow as we continue our weekly routine Please lock it in. Thank you guys for all the participation in the chat room. Thanks for uh, listening to us here. Uh, Appreciate everybody. And uh, catch Nick and I on our new time slot also coming up tonight, 8 to 10 Eastern time on Sirius XM Fantasy Channel 87 or on the Sirius XM app. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.